Welcome everyone. We're about to begin Bezdez Hashem Feedback and Insight Shear number 123. We're going to continue talking about the foundation of sexual intimacy that we started to talk about in the last year. And it's the ability to connect husband and wife together in mind and body and soul. As we mentioned many times that the sexual element in a human being is different than an animal, which is just biological. But rather, in a human being, there's always an emotional component and a spiritual component that God intended and built into human beings in order to use this intimacy the right way. And again, like we mentioned briefly in the previous year, it's important when you're not sure about something and you and your husband, you and your wife feel that you want to do something and you're not sure, you could ask a Mayrehara. And it goes both ways, you know. They may say something is not pro- per- permitted. There may certain situations they may say it could be done or should be done. And it goes both ways that when they say something is allowed and it's okay, then and you know yourselves that is something that you could go about doing in a way that it would enhance your shalom bias, then it's important to pursue it. And it's important to do everything you can to enjoy this aspect of life. This does not mean that you hyper-focus on it. This does not mean that you're one-track-minded and that that's all uh, your, your focus is. And we said this many, many times. It's a misconception when people um, say... That, pe- that many most men, or in some cases women, are one-track-minded in this area. It is not so. They're multidimensional, but, but as long as you're not only hyper-focusing on this aspect, but you are pursuing it be- as you're pursuing all other aspects of the five other intimacies, but this is also very important to the both of you, or to one of you, and you want the other one to really try to get aligned with it so you both can enjoy it, then that's a beautiful thing. It's very important to work your best that it should not be one-sided, that the both of you intentionally work towards making this a beautiful part of the relationship. Now, we'll talk now about this idea of scheduling the sexual intimacy. It is very important for married couples to schedule it. It takes off a lot of pressure and it makes a certain um, shalom, a certain peace. And t- like we said, it takes a lot of the um, burden off both the high libido and the low libido person, as we're going to explain. It takes off a lot of burden on who's going to initiate and the fear of whether one's going to um, say no when the other one initiates. Now, I will say, though, it is a healthy thing for a couple, that whether you have a high drive or a low drive, to try to keep it as even as possible when it is spontaneous and you each want to initiate. It shouldn't always be the high libido person that's always initiating and the other one's just passive. It's very important to often that that even the one that has a lower drive to do some of the initiating when it's spontaneous. It's very important. It's healthy. And it's something... That is um, a real exciting part of a marriage when these things happen, when they are spontaneous with each other, when it's unexpected. But that being said, 
Many people worry about that. Many people are nervous about that. They're worried about saying no. They're worried about, um, you know, what happens if I caught them in the wrong time. I'm in the mood very much, but my, my spouse may not be, and I'll get rejected. And then the scheduling works. And people have this notion that when you schedule it, it becomes mechanical or robotic or lacks creativity. That is not true. It does not have to be that way. And very often, it's important you could have in the schedule, whatever you schedule, once you schedule it, you could enjoy variety, creativity in the sexual intimacy that you're having with one another. But the idea is, is that if you have it on the calendar, it builds anticipation. It allows the both of you to, to plan for it because you both know it's coming. And, and that is, scheduling is very helpful because differences in desire often exist in marriage it's not always the man who has the higher desire for the sex. It's not always true. Sometimes it's the woman. And knowing that it's scheduled eases the concern of both of them. For the high-desired spouse, they're worried, will it happen, will it not happen? They like it if it would happen every night, as far as they're concerned. They're concerned it won't happen. But this way, if it's scheduled certain nights that they both agree upon, then he knows it's going to happen, and it calms him down. And for the lower-desired spouse... Once they know it's scheduled, it allows them to mentally prepare for that time together and to acclimate themselves to get to a point where they actually will be relaxed and will anticipate to actually enjoy it. So the scheduling of it sets a certain expectations for both spouses that helps greatly and alleviates a lot of the tension. So that's a very important thing. And also, because if you're going to wait for it to be spontaneous, usually it will never happen. And it's important to, to work on a, a schedule. And then, of course, also work on that you don't have to, you could be flexible about it. And you could talk to each other once you're comfortable talking to, uh, to, to each other about, you know, when I'm spontaneous and, and to know how to respond and not take it personally if, if you, um, you know, initiated something and the other one wasn't in that particular mood, or even if they're not in that particular mood, sometimes if they're feeling okay overall, they will comply even though, you know, they weren't really expecting it. You work through those things, and it's part of the mental kite like anything else that you're dealing with in life. It's very important to try to work that it becomes this. With the scheduling, it becomes something that is not mechanical and robotic, but rather it's something that you look forward to. It's something that the both of you look forward to. And that it should not feel like something on a to-do list because you have other things that you need to do that you're responsible for, or like checking a box, you know, that you're doing this. And it's very important to know when this sexual intimate aspect is faltering. If it's faltering, it's very important to either work through it together, and if that's difficult, difficult, go to an objective, healthy um, therapist, marriage counselor from marriage 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 counselor, and or a rav that's experienced in shalom bias issues. When you have trouble with this issue and it becomes more like a sexless marriage, which is defined as having fewer than 
10 or 12 encounters a whole year or something like that. And that it becomes a to-do list is an issue. Um, it's okay, an occasional no, no, but if there's repeating rejections constantly, if one spouse is initiating, you know, and the other one's always saying no, always move, pulling away, that means that couple does need help with that. They need to work on that. And if they can't do it on their own, they need to go for counseling. And sometimes you struggle bringing up your needs or desires because you don't know how your spouse is going to respond and you worry about being judged. You know, I, I, I know this. I mean, I know from people who confided in me, um, both on the women's side and the men's side. They're afraid sometimes that if they initiate these things, they'll be thought of less. They'll be thought of as being needy. They'll be thought of as being weak, that they need this um, sexual, um, um, you know, aspect to them. And, the, and they're afraid of what the other one's going to look at them like and how they're going to react and which is really really an unfair thing and it's something that you need to really be fully accepting of each other in regard to these things and like we mentioned also a husband needs to work on his sexual purity which means he doesn't look at other women and he keeps his shmir sainayim and he only only focuses that energy towards his wife in the healthy way and a wife to the husband the same 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 way. Sometimes you have to start taking baby steps. If there was already a lack of intimacy, we had other shiurim that explain what you do if if you drifted apart in this way, and you need to really start connecting again. Start with the physical touch till you get to this point, and you go dating again till the point where you you feel special and desired by your spouse, and and that you make your spouse feel special and desired. Leaving flowers, a love note, learning about them, um, and so on and so forth, and communicating in a healthy way. And we're not going to get into it now. We discussed it in other shiurim, about using lubricants when needed, or other things to make it pleasant for the both husband and wife. And the bedroom is really the tachlis of it, the goal of it is, it should be what... We're going to call a no-rejection zone. That doesn't mean that, you know, if there's tiredness and you need to push it off and you're respectful about it and you both agree, okay, we'll push it off. And we say if something's scheduled and then one of them is not feeling well or they're both very, very tired, they could push it off. That's perfectly fine. But it's very important to reschedule. A lot of times it's procrastinating, pushing off, pushing off, pushing off, and then it never happens. What has to be very strong is, is that when you push it off and then, okay, the next night I feel better. I feel a little better. And then you go and, and, and you have that connection. It's very, very important to do that. Very, very important. Whichever one makes no difference, husband, wife, whatever it is. I'm not talking about if you had a flu or COVID or, or something that's more a long-term type of thing where you're really out, out of commission for for a good few days and even a week, you know, it could happen. But I'm talking about Stam. You're really, really worn out. You were scheduled, but you're just, just really not feeling well. And you say, sorry, you know, whatever it is, it's fine. And you have to be mentioned to each other. But, it's, but when that person is feeling a little better, it's very important for that person to, 
to approach their spouse and said, you know, I feel better tonight than I did yesterday. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. It should be the one. It's menschlich and healthy for the one who said the no because they weren't feeling well to be the one a day later or whenever it is to say when when they're ready, I feel better tonight. Tonight's good. It's really menschlich, it's ehrlich, and it's the right thing to do. Again, no distinction between whether it's the husband or the wife. It, 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 this really is, it makes no difference. It's the menschlichkeit that is a two-way street that's needed. And to make it a priority in a marriage. It is good. It is good for you, begashmius. It is good for you, baruchmius. Now, just to sum up um, regarding sexual intimacy and all the other forms of intimacy we mentioned, you could learn to move from one mode to the other. Like, for example, if you have a couple that were strong with their financial intimacy, that both of them could talk about budgets and retirement plans and life insurance with ease, no problem. But when they talk, when it comes to sexual intimacy, they, they can't talk to each other. They have difficulty communicating. And the truth is, is what you can do is extrapolate one from the other. Because most of them will tell you in the beginning that wasn't easy either. They learned after a while in the finance that now they're talking about with ease. Initially, it was hard. They had to share their feelings and make compromises and work together on game plans. And there were some tough conversations. And then after a while, they got proficient at it. And now they're great about talking about finances. If that can happen with finances, that can happen with the sexual realm as well. Why can't they do it there too? And I understand you'd say finances is more comfortable topic than sexual intimacy. But ultimately, if there's a will, there's a way, and it could be done when you have times and schedules to talk about it, to discuss it, and it's very, very important to do so. When you have a skill with one intimacy, some couples naturally have a skill at the spiritual aspect. You could translate it into the sexual. Some people have a naturally, they have connected into the sexual intimacy. They could connect it to the spiritual or the emotional. They could really, whatever intimacy aspects that the couple is very good at, at connecting that way, they could learn how to do it with the other types of intimacies as well. So, for example, if a couple has a strong recreational intimacy, what does that mean? That means they, they both know how to have fun together. They both know how to handle unexpected adventures together. They both know how to navigate changes when they go on vacation and their itineraries to to make things exciting. They're comfortable with new situations. If they could do that for their recreational intimacy for fun, they could do that for their financial intimacy, and they could do that for their sexual intimacy. For their financial intimacy, now they could look at different ways of how to budget and how to work on those plans and sexual as well to try different things and to be creative about it. Then you have a couple that they're very good at the spiritual intimacy. They're real with each other, vulnerable with each other. They have, they learn with each other. They talk about deep ashkafas with one another. And, they, and for that, they're very, very good. But on an emotional level still, they're lacking in that emotional intimacy or their physical intimacy. And you could extrapolate one to the other. You need to be intentional about it. You need to make time to talk about your feelings and concerns. And when you do that, it could do wonders. So the idea behind the Shiorim 
that we've been giving the last few weeks in these feedbacks is to really review them all and do everything you can to connect in all these aspects of intimacy. Everyone in Kol Echad, when you can, and always alternate and try all, all, all of them. And this creates a tremendous, wholesome marriage. Going back, the emotional intimacy is really, really a big shirish because that really makes a husband, a wife together feel safe, feel loved more than anything else. And that could lead to everything else. That's why we, I speak mostly to the husbands, although it could go the other way around too. But stereotypically, them, they need to really access that emotional, intimate aspects. And that will awaken many, many other things. And then I want to stress again, what we, when we talked about physical intimacy, that is not the sexual, also very, very important. That could create a tremendous amount of healing, a tremendous amount of healing, the physical touch. It is very difficult to be angry at each other when you're holding each other's hands or you're cutting them together, giving a back massage, or you're just hugging each other or holding each other. That even if both of you are upset about whatever you're upset about, it, it, it calms it down. It brings that um, resentment level down to a point where at least you could talk about it, you could relate to it. And a lot of times this physical intimacy, and I'm not talking sexual now, when you do it and when you express it, when you cuddle and when you do these things, it basically is showing your spouse that you know, I really, truly love you. We may be upset about this or that or the other thing. Life may not be perfect and we're working on things and it's a work in progress. But this really shows I love you. All of them do really, but this is really something that we need to work on. And it's very, very important because as ma- in many marriages, as they, they sort of neglect that aspect of it. And it's very, very sad. And like everything else in life, and we say this so many times. Number one is tefillah. You ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for help. Husband and wife, individually and together, to help with these six different foundations of intimacy. To help them work through it. To help them develop it. To help them enhance it so that their marriages could become better. And then you do your hashtadlis. Listen to the shiurim and do your best to practice these type of intimacies all the time. And we said... Yes, in the Nida period, you can't have physical intimacy. And in the Nida period, you cannot have sexual intimacy. But the others you could have, and you could have very, very strongly. The emotional intimacy, and the spiritual intimacy, and the financial, all of these things, intellectual, all of these things, and even having fun together, recreational, in many, many ways. It's very, very important. It's neglected a lot in the, in the, in the Nida period. They need to really be deep, deep friends during that period. And even in the tar period, the deep friendship can now become physical, which is beautiful, but they need to be have that deep friendship, which is a respect, which is a certain feeling of safety. I can be vulnerable. I can be safe because I know you have my back and I have your back. That loyalty 
which we didn't really describe because it's not really an actual description of an intimacy, but that really, that feeling of loyalty. You have my back, and I have your back, and we are true and faithful to one another. That deep friendship really, really uh, is the base that leads to the most deepest love. May you have atzlacha and bracha with all of these things. May you learn it. All of you have the ability to adapt and learn these skills. And please try it and never give up. The last thing is perseverance. Don't give up because it flopped this particular time or that particular time, or it seemed it didn't go that well. You keep on trying. You keep on building up more and more. And safe, safe, you will see tremendous atzlacha. Bracha and atzlacha.